Namaste. This is Maya Tiwari. Episode 10 of Women's Power to Heal Mother Earth. Reclaiming Traditional Indigenous Medicines. We must reclaim what belongs naturally to Mother Earth if we are going to solve the present crisis and the challenges that lay ahead for our next generation. Since prehistoric times, humans have used natural products with respect from Mother Earth. Plants, microorganisms, marine organisms, in medicines, and to some extent the animals as well, to alleviate and treat diseases. According to fossil records, the human use of plants as medicine may be traced back at least 80,000 years ago, and that's taking a guess. I believe it is a lot earlier. Natural medicines such as traditional systems from India, China, Japan, Korea, the Aboriginal medicines. We're talking about in Ayurveda, in India, Ayurveda and Siddha medicines. Also Islamic medicine, Yunani, very popular in India as well. Traditional Chinese medicines, Japanese Kampo medicines, and the traditional Korean medicine. We have had in later years homeopathy and naturopathy as well. But this does not include the world's medicines. These are medicine systems that have for some part, and in case of Ayurveda for the most part, survived the ravages of time and history. But let us get back to why we must reclaim the beneficence of our natural resources, indigenous and native medicine systems. Because until we do, we cannot protect Mother Earth and therefore we cannot protect ourselves or any species in our world. The time has come when pharmaceuticals, corporations and other private, privatized interests have had their day. They have had almost 100 years of contributing to human misery and to the misery of the planet. And it is now time, the time has given us a major opening, a major invitation, not only through the present pandemic, but through the cessation of health, our health, the world's health, all due to the demise or the compromises made toward Mother Nature. According to the World Health Organization, 75% of the world population are currently using herbs for basic health care needs. The number of species in India traditionally used in Ayurveda is over 25,000 plants or herbs. Siddha medicine uses perhaps over 2,500 with 1,500 uses for Yunani medicine. 
Tibetan medicine, 500 or so, homeopathy, 1,000. These are estimations of the number of herbs that are currently in use. Native folk medicine in India, about 5,000. More than 7,500 plant species are currently used in other forms of natural medicines. We're talking, the greatest number, of course, documented is used by Ayurveda, which is the system that I am taught in. Compared to modern medicine using about 100 to 200 plants, although the development of modern medicine is based on chemical biology and also based on extracting from Mother Nature to reduce and fragmentize and do whatever it is they do do in chemical medicine. We don't have to defend the ancient land of healing and the relationship that all traditions of the past have been rooted in the wisdom of our good mother soil, our good mother earth. But what I am saying in this episode is that we have now the golden chance, a wide open opportunity to reclaim all that belongs to humanity. And in this case, our rightful, sacred use of Mother Nature's, Mother Earth, and her resources as our medicine again. There is much we must learn as we go forward. But if we keep an open mind and open arms with each other, we can learn this because the very time in history is catapulting us into a present and future that belongs to us. I want to I don't want to paint a dim picture, but I want to paint a realistic picture by going through some of the history of the pharmaceuticals here in the United States and Germany and how it all began. In 1911, the Supreme Court of the United States found Rockefeller and his trust guilty of corruption the illegal business and practices of racketeering. As a result, the entire Rockefeller Standard Oil Trust, the world's largest corporation in that time, was sentenced to be dismantled. But in order to diverse public and political pressure on himself, the Baron Rockefeller used a trick called philanthropy whereby the illegal gains from his robber practices in the oil business were used to launch the Rockefeller Foundation. This is in 1913. Anyway, putting all of that corruption aside, the Rockefeller Foundation was the front organization of a new global business venture. The new venture was called the pharmaceutical investment business. This was also the time when vitamins were discovered. It soon became clear, however, 
that these natural molecules had life-saving health benefits and they were able to prevent many chronic health conditions. So vitamins were, were actually known about in even as early as uh, the 1920s. The pharmaceutical investment business already faced a mortal threat in those early years of the 19th, 20th century. Vitamins and micronutrients promoted as public health program would prohibit the development of their sizable investment based on patented drugs. So in 1918, the Rockefeller Foundation used the Spanish flu epidemic and the media annexed to this whole situation to start a witch hunt on all forms of medicine that were not covered by its patents. Within the next two decades, most hospitals in the American Medical Association became pawns on the chessboard of the Rockefeller strategy to subjugate the entire healthcare sector under the monopoly of his pharmaceutical investment business. And let's move on, 1925, on the other side of the Atlantic. In Germany, the first chemical pharmaceutical cartel is founded in order to compete with Rockefeller's quest for control of the global drug market. Led by the German multinationalist Bayer, B-A-S-F, and Hoesch, that's H-O-E-C-H-S-T, the IG Farben cartel was founded with a total number of employees surpassing 80,000 people. The race for global control of the drug business was on. In 1929, Rockefeller cartel and IG Farben cartel decided to divide the entire globe into interest fairs. The very same crime Rockefeller had been sentenced for 18 years earlier when his trust had divided up into U.S. interest zones. But as we continue onward, the story becomes clear as it brings us into our current time. IG Farben planned to take control of the global oil and drug market had failed in 1945 during the, the, the World War II and the other Allied forces won World War II, that is. Many U.S. and Allied soldiers had lost their lives during this conflict and the Allies' reward was little compared to the reward of others. The corporate shares of the losers, IG Farben, went to Rockefeller Trust and the Rothschild, J.P. Morgan, in the United Kingdom. The influence under U.S. State Department, the verdicts in Nuremberg against IG Farben, managers can easily be explained in return for taking over the corporate shares of IG Farben and thereby global control of the oil and drug business Nelson Rockefeller made sure that the real culprits of World War II were not hanged, in fact. And as we, we now know, they were needed. In any event, 
as the Federal Republic of Germany was founded in 1949, this was the first time in history that the constitution and society of industrialized nation could be planned and modeled as a fortress of pharmaceutical investment business, a transatlantic outpost of Rockefeller's interests. So the role of Rockefeller Brothers from 45 to 1950 were not limited into taking global monopolies of oil and drug business. They also needed to create a political framework for these businesses to thrive and continue to do what they do today. Under their influence, the United Nations was founded in 1945 in San Francisco. To seize political control, of the post-war world, three countries, leading drug export nations, had all the say and 200 other nations were rendered mere spectators to the process. Founded as an organization to allegedly serve the well-being of the people of the world, the UN subsidiary organizations such as World Health Organization organization, that's WHO, and World Trade Organization, WTO, soon turned out to be nothing more than the political arms of the global oil and drug interests. Anyhow, coming back into the present. In the 60s, during the Flower Child Revolution, Linus Pauling, another eminent scientist, who deserve credit for having kept open the doors of knowledge about health benefits of vitamins and other effective natural approaches here in the United States. If it were not for them, we would already be living in the health prison that we are in today, guarded by the gatekeepers of the pharmaceutical business with disease in medicine, politics, and the media. Now, this looks like a dim picture, but in fact, it is the reality, it is the truth, it is the timeline of the growth and success of the pharmaceutical business, which, in fact, had no desire to find cure for disease, but rather just a panache a light cover, a light relief for the symptoms of disease, which propagated more legal drug use in the world for various diseases. Doctors who had given their oath and life to the preservation of life on earth, human life that is, were compromised by the billions because the compromise that they had to live with, what they were annexed to the pharmaceutical business, and for the most part, depending on the institutions that they serve, they would have to serve the prescribed drugs. So it not only contaminated the entire human population, this set of greed and avarice and power-seeking, this endemic disaster became the convoluted environment in which all good physicians and health keepers, nurses, nurses aides, and the entire structure 
had to work within. They were forced to work within this inhumane set of structures. To profit on the disease of humanity is amongst the worst world crime against humanity there is. This history was published, the timeline was published in by the Dr. Roth Foundation, that's R-A-T-H foundation.org, and it can be found on their website for those who'd like to go deeper into the timeline and check the history. Dr. Roth was to identify micronutrients deficiency as the primary cause of diseases in modern medicine. But in fact, Ayurveda, Chinese medicine, Yunani medicine, Kampo medicine, all identified, we didn't call it micronutrients because in traditional medicine, we do not fragmentize, we do not re use the reductionist understanding of medicine to treat diseases. We use what is called the whole medicine, the whole person, the whole and go directly to the cause of disease. So I don't, in Ayurveda, we would not subscribe to re the reductionist system, even if we're talking about micronutrients, because we're still fragmentizing, we are still reducing, we are still dissecting, we are still pulling apart the whole and looking at micro pieces of the puzzle that could never, ever give us the whole unless we were looking for the whole. The whole holistic approach of Ayurveda, for instance, does not break down all of the understanding of energies within a food and the micronutrients within a food. And whereas it's good to have that information, we need to know that it is also that information that gives birth to this humongous profiteering industry that is just money-driven, just profit-driven to supply humanity with all of its various products. Consciousness has no products. So the solution is not necessarily all of these trillions of packages of micronutrients or nutrients or vitamins or supplements. No. It is what we say in Wise Earth Ayurveda, Inner Medicine, that we have the ability to heal ourselves and therefore when we use the wholeness of Mother Nature through her seasons and her cycles and the cyclical changes of her five elements as they course through each season, and when we take into consideration further the development of angst and dissent and controversies that are placed in unnatural events such as the tornado that just came through my mountain here in Pisgah Mountain in Candler, we are beginning to look at whole picture, 
whole healing and a system of restoring the holy salubrious again. We'll talk further about solutions through Wiseart Ayurveda and inner medicine healing. I call upon every Shakti on this earth, women and men alike, and children, to reclaim that which is the value that is Mother Earth's medicine, whichever name we were fortunate in the Vedic tradition of India to have maintained so much intelligence in our Ayurveda system. So fortunate in China to have maintained so much of Chinese wisdom in medicine. So fortunate in homeopathy to have maintained so much of the intelligence that came in later day. But this is our opportunity to reclaim it all. Because the pharmaceutical industry has met its climax. It is on its descent and a very fast descent downward. The vaccination is only a ploy to make, what, about $7 trillion a year of income if they were for, if we were forced, each individual across the world, the planet, to take these vaccinations, which are questionable. Look, they are desperate and they're going to have to find new ways to earn their keep. The keep that they're accustomed to, not normal keep. So let us keep an objective view on that as well. Don't have to take my word for it or anyone else's word for it. Just keep an objective view and let us look at what it is we can do with this golden opportunity to reclaim all of native medicine. I thank you and peace be your journey.